Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Politics in the Pulpit, a lectionary-based preaching resource designed to ask the provocative questions of how politics might appear in our preaching this week. My name is Steve Tinning and I'm a Baptist minister, uh, currently working with the Baptist Union of Great Britain as their public issues enabler. It's a role that gives me the joy of collaborating with colleagues in the Methodist Church and the United Reformed Church as together we form the joint public issues team who produce this podcast. Each of us brings different interests and passions to the team, but I guess my contribution is that I am passionate about the gospel, as I'm sure we all are, a holistic gospel that speaks of God's sacrificial love and grace and invites us all into a relationship with God and with each other as we seek the transformation of our neighbourhoods and wider society to better reflect the kingdom of God. I am also passionate about the JPIT Six Hopes, of which I'm sure you're becoming more familiar if you're a regular listener, but please do look them up. Uh, some of the ways, I guess, that we hope to see society change, but I'm probably most experienced in advocacy and campaigning on issues around migration and refugees and asylum, and I have a special interest in the methodology of community organising to bring about change. But that is uh, more than enough about me. Each week I'm joined by a guest from a different place and space on the pulpit and the political landscape, and today I am very pleased to introduce Terry Hinks. Terry is a United Reformed Church minister, serving two churches in High Wycombe and Bourne End, Buckinghamshire. He has a long-standing concern for the environment and care for God's creation, and is a member of the URC Thames North Synod's Green Team. He's also the author of a number of books on prayer. Is that a, is that a fair introduction, Terry, of who you are? Is there anything else I should be saying? Ah, I suppose you could say I'm I'm a recent grandfather. Um, we we had uh, the birth of uh, a grandson and a granddaughter this year, so it's been most exciting. Wow. Oh, congratulations! Uh, yeah, that does bring a different perspective, um, and certainly uh, a, perhaps a longer a longer view at at times as you look to their future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. URC minister, green advocate. And granddad, <laughs> good, good, good place to be starting. So anyway, thank you so much for putting yourself forward and, and sharing your thoughts on, on the passages today. We know that politics in the pulpit can be a bit of a contentious um, topic, yeah. but we also believe that it's essential that the world around us speaks into our churches. So, Terry, we often begin by asking when you hear arguments saying that politics should uh, should not infiltrate our preaching what is what's your response to that thank you steve uh, it's great to be with you um and um yeah it's an interesting question um uh, i think uh your word holistic is really essential isn't it that uh, we believe in a incarnational god a god who uh, in christ has has entered human life who has a concern for the whole of life and not only human life but the whole of creation uh, both a creator and a savior uh, and that sustaining spirit so we we can't exclude parts of of our lives from that influence and from that mm. that guidance um i'm uncomfortable with politics in in the pulpit because i think we've moved away from pulpits um <laughs> church in Wickham it's buried under the floor 
I don't think it's going to be retrieved. Um, I'm not going to be preaching politics from, from 10 feet above the congregation, but I will be entering a debate about life and Brilliant. the whole of life, political, social, spiritual. Um, it's a holistic gospel. And oh, praise well. be to God for that. Terry, you've challenged us to think about the name of our podcast <laughs> <laughs> politics from the lectern or well politics I, in, in politics or politics, from politics right, is know, a dirty word as well, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, politics needs to be redeemed somehow that we need to actually return some respect and and uh, i fear that we haven't got to that place yet there's there's such craziness in our politics at the moment but yeah. let's hope and pray yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, from your context, then, what are the sort of key areas of justice or politics that that you would want us to be attentive to? I'll I'll come on in a minute. Uh, well, actually, no. Let's let's start. Let's start with our little um, brief of of the various things that have been in the news and the politics in recent days. Just. Uh, to remind folk of the things that we sort of feel we should probably be attentive to as as preachers, um, but but then I'm going to be asking you to to sort of pick out the things that are highlights for you this week or or more generally in 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 your own concern about politics and justice. So I mean, you've not been able to turn on the telly in the last uh, the last week really and not be um, shocked and saddened and grieving with those in Libya and in Morocco following the devastating floods in Libya and the and the earthquakes in Morocco, people very much still at the forefront of our minds and we continue to uh, pray for those that are involved in the recovery and the aid efforts in those in those places. Um, it's also been reported that the earth has had its hottest three-month period on record this summer. Uh, with unprecedented sea surface temperatures and much extreme weather. Uh, but a major new report from the UN last week concluded that governments are failing to cut greenhouse gas emissions fast enough to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement and to the stave off climate disaster. I feel like we could read that paragraph most weeks. It, it's, it feels like these records are constantly being broken and we are constantly being reminded of how we're not meeting the challenges that are necessary. But there it is. That's that's on our minds and in our, in our news this week. Uh, in the UK, we are seeing political debates over fiscal policy with the former Prime Minister Liz Truss calling for tax cuts a year after her controversial mini budget. And there are apparent arguments in government over whether or not benefits and pensions should be increased in line with the rise with the rising cost of living. And then this week we'll also see uh, consultants and junior doctors taking joint strike action for the first time in an escalating dispute over pay with warnings that this will bring major disruption to patient care. Those are the things in the news. There's there's also the reality. I'm sure many of our listeners will also be aware that we're still very much in the season of creation. If if you've not listened to uh, last week's podcast with Ruth Valerio that looks specifically at that theme, uh, I'd really encourage you to go back and, and visit that, um, but also to be mindful of it today as well. We also have uh, Peace Sunday on the 24th of September, coinciding with the world week for peace in Palestine and Israel 
from the 17th to the 24th and the UN International Day of Peace. Is there anything there in Terry that you would want to elevate and bring to the top of our agendas or minds, or are there things that we've missed that we should be uh, attentive to this week? No, I, I think that that context, I mean, we always live in the context of a damaged world and, and of suffering people, um, but we are you know, just especially aware of that uh, with those just series, one after another, of of um yeah uh disasters and often climate re- related disasters um but with a theme also of justice um of misuse of um of resources and and, and so forth um yeah i think the season of creation has has a glorious theme this year with uh, let justice and peace flow uh, taking up that Amos reading of of let justice flow like a, a an ever flowing stream. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'd want that to flow into our uh, reflections. For me, I'm in harvest season. I don't know how many others mm-hmm. will be coming to harvest festivals uh, in the next few weeks, um, and we've been particularly focusing on uh, local um, food poverty. Um, High Wycombe is one of the hotspots, not only in the south, but you're just in in the country. Um, So our food bank is our main focus of support this harvest. Mm. But we need to think of the wider world, obviously, and and those uh, special appeals as well. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. Thank you for raising the specific uh, the specific uh, season that we're facing with harvest, because I do think they are uh, that that is going to relate very strongly and well to the passages that we're looking at today. So that feels like an extremely long introduction. Let's get into the passages, shall we, that that are uh, in front of us. Uh, this week and also of course our metaphorical newspapers that we've just opened up as well Uh, we've got these four passages so uh, I'm just going to tell you what they are I'm sure you can look them up as well in uh, they'll be listed in the podcast notes but the first one is from Exodus chapter 16 2 to 15 it's the it's the story of the complaint from the Israelites of their hunger in the wilderness Uh, they've escaped slavery they've escaped persecution in the hope of a better future, but they are starving and God hears their complaints and provides for their needs. Then we've got Philippians 1, 21 to 30. This is the living is Christ and dying is gain passage. Paul is in prison and writing to the church in Philippi, contemplating the two possible outcomes ahead of him, release and visiting the church and continuing ministry or death. And it appears either option Uh, to Paul is fine with him. Uh, Matthew 20, 1 to 16, this is the the last will be first and the first will be last parable, challenging parable of the landowner and the vineyard workers, all of whom were paid one denarius for their work, no matter how hard or long they had worked. And that challenge uh, from the landowner, are you envious because I am generous? And then the psalm uh, this week comes from Psalm 105, 1 to 6, 37 to 45. It's a song of praise and thankfulness to a faithful God who has liberated his people from oppression, remembering all the good that he has done, including 
a direct reference to the manner that he provided in our story from from exodus so that's that's what we've got in front of us many preachers will will take one or two or, or some brave souls will attempt all four uh where would you have us begin terry with this if this was your week of preaching where would you start with all of that i mean they are glorious readings and very rich resources um and i i spend a little bit of time just reflecting on working with them and um one of the sort of themes that came out of of all of them was that life for these people um in each passage is precarious mm. that was the word that that struck me first precarious that the israelites are in a very precarious situation then in the desert, in the wilderness, in in a setting that they don't know, in a, they don't know how to live in the desert. They they've lived as slaves, and it's a strange, bizarre, challenging that um, life is so difficult in the desert that they actually start to look back to slavery as being ah, yeah. oh, those were good days, weren't they? The good old <laughs> days when we were being fed and um yeah we knew what life was like and we'd get up and we'd do our work and then we'd go to bed oh, and maybe for a few hours and when we bat- would be fed flesh pots it, you know egypt suddenly feels like some wonderful um past land nostalgia uh, yeah. you've got to be pretty desperate to think of slavery as yeah. uh, as good times so immensely precarious yeah and, um i mean it, it strikes me uh, yeah they've just the the story before is of the water um mm-hmm. they, they've been given water so so god has provided um but they they can't trust that they they you know well, okay we've got some water but yeah what about food um yeah. it's down to basics and um they are desperate and they complain um and i I don't think there's anything wrong with complaining about no no and it's really interesting that god sort of says i've i've heard your complaints it's like he's really acknowledging (laughs) you're you're moaning at me here do you know what i mean and i i sort of think i'm glad that god sees it and hears it in that in that that way and i mean we, we often think you really get um give israel the israelites a hard time don't we mm. oh you know god's done all this he's parted god's parted <laughs> the waves you know what on earth are they expecting and they're complaining now um yeah. but but actually it's very human yeah um and and you, we we have to recognize that desperation yeah I, and i think it's really there'll be times of it in our own lives where we face certain amounts of suffering and you sort of reflect on your relationship with god and think what's all this been for if it's just gonna if, if this is my lot if this is what I've got in front of me and yeah and so I, I you know I, I think you're right I think we often look at the Israelites and their complaining nature and and sort of think come on have a bit of faith have a bit but you know these people are, are starving 
in the wilderness and thinking what was what's this all been for if we're just going to die here and I I sort of emphasize a little a little bit with that and I suppose with my migration hat on I just I see people on the move now who have have fled atrocities and risk of death and slavery and persecution and then the places in which they end up on that path are far from perfect far from ideal and people are looking at them and sort of saying, what are you complaining about? We're giving you, you know, we've got you out of there. We've got this. And and they're like, is it so much that we ask for our basic needs to be met? You know, that's that's the sort of parallel. I won't dwell on that because I don't yeah. think that necessarily links perfectly to, to this week's news or seasons. Yeah. But I just yeah. I can't read that and not think, man, we've got I, a lot to learn. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, there's there'd be a lot of groundwork to, to talk about links with uh with people on the move today um and i i don't have great um expertise in that though we we do work with some refugees and and uh some amazing work is being done in wickham on that Fantastic. but this was precarious really then yeah and yeah, sort of please carry on uh carried on in my mind and i thought about paul well mm. life is very precarious in prison uh, yeah. he is facing the possibility of instant execution um he's you know unsure about what's happening with his churches um it's always extraordinary that philippians is such a joyful letter Um, he has found some way of dealing with that uncertainty that that hugely precarious situation um and i love how he he really hits it with okay things could go either way on this um but but christ is with me and i you know i'm safe in christ um for me living is christ and dying is gain um but he believes there's there's work to be done um but yeah think of prisoners think of um especially you know those in in situations of um unjustly imprisoned um trumped up charges or the rest mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. and then yeah, it then was, it wasn't long ago was it that the, the the prison service was in the news with the escape of, of said yeah. prisoner and 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 then there was a light shone wasn't there on our prison system and how overcrowded they yeah. are and how how perhaps some of the facilities are not what they should be or could be but also questions about whether we should be sending people to prison for for five days for 10 days and 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 the consequences of imprisonment on the rest of their lives and and what that and what that has been and i like you i look at the philippians passage and just think the the sort of almost inhuman um attitude that paul has to his suffering and to to the prospects of 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 death is is so inspiring and i i think for the Philippians that are reading this letter, it, it would have come just as such as an encouragement to know, you, you know, by the time they'd have received the letter, it could have, you know, one way or another, it could have played out. And yet they had some writing from this guy that, that told them it will be fine. Whatever, whatever it will be, will be. And I am delighted to carry on my ministry, but I'm also keen to be with Christ. So I, I found it a, a really challenging passage just again to think about suffering our own suffering and the suffering of others in the context of faith sure. but yeah sorry i keep interrupting you you're gonna no, no I, I think that, of that is so, so important i think certainly the whole 
prison situation uh, the fact that our prisons are, are, are pretty bad at times um let alone thinking about some of the the prisons mm. across across the world yeah uh, and then of course um the laborers i mm. mean life is so precarious for them uh, to to work on a piecemeal um piecework um just a daily wage you know there's there's no no security here at all you could be employed one day and then no work the following day uh, yeah. so these people just turn up mm. to be hard uh incredibly precarious yeah. uh, and i, I you know, obviously i'm contrasting in a way these uh three situations with my own comfortable um i'm sitting in a study with numerous books about me i've had a lovely cup of coffee i'm talking to you on on computer um i have my stipend monthly i have my pension arrangements whatever um we we live in a world where many of us um love that sense of security um mm. and um and yet the world isn't as secure as perhaps we think we we try to create this secure bubble our home uh, our family life um but there are those insecurities um and if we look at creation and and the natural world then yes we see lots of potential um insecurity and and uh, precariousness uh around us um yeah. but yes into that situation of of the the laborers we have this message that um the land owner the whoever he is um mm -hmm. wants to take everyone on 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 to work you know he mm -hmm. he's not turning people away um he's not um just going out in the morning and, and making sure he gets a whole day's labor He's going back again and again, and people turn up. Now, why they come later? Have they had a lie-in? Um, had they had a rather, uh, you know, full night at the the pub the previous night? And it, these may not be worthy poor people that just turn up and then are, are employed. They they could be all kinds of people yeah. that just roll in, and the. the the land uh, owner wants them, wants them to take part, however short a time. Um, and I think that image of God as, um, I mean, Jesus' parables are always fascinating um, and slightly uncomfortable. And, you know, yeah. do we want us to think of God as a landowner? I don't know. Um, obviously, creation, you know, this is God's creation. The world belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's. Yeah. Um, and and God wants us involved in in His work in the kingdom work. Um, and whenever we are there to do that, um, God will use us. Um, and Thank you. Yeah, God's yeah, grace yeah, is, go, is no, for all. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I find this one of the most challenging passages in scripture because I, I think, like you, I'm I'm looking around at my opulence and my relative comfort and security, and I and I read this passage through the lens of my own 
of my own life and immediately I'm sort of watched looking at this and thinking yeah do you know what I'm not sure this is very fair <laughs> you know I start to empathize with these people that are that are complaining because I think as human beings we have this innate sense of of what's fair and what's not fair you know equal equal pay for equal work is fair equal pay for unequal work is not fair <laughs> rewarding those who do the most work is fair rewarding those who do the least work is not fair and treating everyone the same is fair but treating everyone the same when they're not the same is not fair and I I think when you initially read this passage it is really hard to get away from the reality that if God is the landowner he is not fair and and I think a good thing to start with any parable is 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 the person that we assume to be God really God in this parable actually I think for this passage it's I, I, I'm very comfortable with that interpretation, but I'm not always comfortable with that interpretation. But I actually, then then you sort of think, actually, I only see this as unfair because I'm positioning myself at the back of the queue, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm sort of seeing this as the people that are, are being treated unfairly, but actually, you know, God seems to love all indiscriminately, and that's not something that I should be complaining about. And maybe uh, we're not in the place in line that we think we are and that God's generosity isn't bad news for us it is incredibly good news for us and but I can't get away from reading this and then remind myself that we're still having strikes this week for people that are, 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 are concerned that they are not getting a fair pay for the way for the work that they do in the context that we are and are just reminded that this parable is talking to us about a God who is extravagantly generous. Nobody is going without here. And, uh, and, and you know, it, I don't want to be too tenuous in terms of linking our politics with our passage, but I, I think there's a lot of thinking to be done if you're preaching in today's context about what is fair for people to be paid and, and, and not paid. Yeah, what is fair? Uh, and... Yeah, I was, our daughter would often say, you know, in, when she was a, a little child, it's, that's not fair, that's not fair. <laughs> we, we have this um, comparison, don't we? We're always comparing. Um, yeah. And our comparisons it may not be God's comparisons. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I've been labouring in the vineyard for rather many years as a, as a minister. I was ordained in uh, 1986, so I've, I've done a fair amount. Um, yeah, I, I just think that, sense we, that you know, in in the end of the day, you know, we we all are indebted to those who've gone before us. Yes, uh, those who've worked hard in in the vineyard over centuries. Um, we're, we're indebted. We're, we're connected. We're, we're a community, and and the moment we individualize it and say, yeah. well, yeah. I should have this compared to that person yeah. and, and clearly they shouldn't have as much. Yeah. As, yeah. Then we're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. What, what is the gospel of grace? If it isn't a reminder that if we all got what we deserved, we would not be in the position that we're in under the grace of God. And so, yeah, just that comparison thing is so toxic, isn't it? Yeah. So toxic. Yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know if you had thoughts on, on the Psalm passage as well or, that's another extraordinary one, uh, and and then that that leads us into into worship. I mean, I think um, the psalm 
just rejoices in in what God has has done among among us, um, done in in the life of his his people, um, and uh, yeah, that, that God is faithful. Um, yeah. And then yeah, after the so life is precarious. We complain. We compare. But God's love is generous, overflowing. Uh, God challenges our injustices. God liberates. Um, and then out of that comes joy and thanksgiving and praise mm. and, and glory. Um, yeah, that's all. So he brought his people out with joy, yeah. chosen ones with singing. Um, of course, there's this challenge challenge linking with um israel palestine of uh, he gave them the lands of the nations and they took possession mm -hmm. of the wealth of the peoples now that is not fair mm -hmm. and i don't quite know how we deal with that one but mm -hmm. um that that is a whole different ball game um but i think the the picture of liberation um i think ultimately we're saying that liberation should be for all whatever their um, it is not just for a select group of people, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that that picture of the psalm is is glorious. Um, let yeah. the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Um, yeah. So after all that well, stuff, yeah. and life being precarious, and yet we can still, in the midst of all that, um, worship and give thanks. Yeah, one of the questions we often ask in the in the podcast is is what is the good news in this passage and what is the bad news mm. and i'm really grateful that you highlighted the good and the bad in this passage of of psalm because so much of it is so positive isn't it and you can read it as a real sort of song of praise that no doubt could be adapted into into prayers of praise in our churches and this whole thing about he brought his people out with joy just made me laugh when I reread it today in the context of the passage that we read before, because actually when they came out, there was no joy. <laughs> they were grumbling and wishing they were going back. So I thought there's something about hindsight here that actually the faithfulness of God can often be seen with a bit more clarity after the fact and, and actually seeing how close God walks beside you is, is not always as easy in the moment of suffering as it is when you come out the other side. So, but I, I'm so grateful that you mentioned this verse in 44, he gave them the lands of the nations and took possessions of the wealth of the peoples, because again, this week is the week of peace in Israel and Palestine It is something that, that is going to be on the minds of, of, of a number of people and i'm not going to even attempt to to pretend to give solutions or or thoughts about how people would want to preach this but but i i think it's important to acknowledge that that there is yeah there is something very uncomfortable here that that in the fullness of time played out in some quite devastating oppression so we're um we're wise to think of it, but I, I but I am so pleased that these sort of four passages end with this recognition of God's goodness to to his people in order for them, of course, the context to be a blessing to all, all nations. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting if you read back in, in uh, the Exodus reading, before there's the, the great gift of water, um, springs of water, and before that is Miriam's song. Um, so oh, perhaps it was the women who were, uh, praising and and some of the chaps were some of the men were 
yeah. do most of the complaining. We we don't know. Maybe the children were, you know, um, like the temple and, and Jesus. The, the children were praising God for getting them out of uh, uh, <laughs> Egypt. And, and um, maybe they were finding the, the new food resources. Um, one of the things that came out of this these passages for me was adapting we we need to adapt um and uh, so the israelites had to learn to enjoy manna uh, which might not have been to their taste originally compared to the flesh pots uh, they had to enjoy quails and maybe they didn't know about quails before i don't know um paul had to adapt the philippians had to adapt to being without paul so close to them and uh, yeah, um, we we need to change. Um, mm. These passages are inviting us to change and and to grow closer to to God's way, uh, and to trust God for the future. Very yeah, nice. wonderful. We've we've skipped through each of the passages. I, I think we're probably coming to an end of that of that conversation. But I don't want to sort of. Uh, wrap up without giving you the opportunity to say anything that that didn't quite fit that bill or is there is there anything else you want to draw our attention to before we wrap up or or should we leave it there I, i'm still fascinated by this um you know the daily wage and it seems to me to link in with uh, the lord's prayer give us this day our, our daily bread uh, mm. uh, and that translation uh bread sufficient for the day um that somehow um we have to learn that that daily reliance on God um, rather than trying to, I know we have to plan um, yeah. and I know we have to look to the future uh, and clearly our responsibility towards the environment includes a lot of planning. Um, but this sense that we can always be, um, have everything sewn up for the future um, doesn't match reality to my mind and doesn't seem to match what what god wants us god wants us to live you know, seize the day live this day um and uh, you know live that this day to the full um yeah seeking what god wants of us now not in 10 months time yeah well, Terry, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and reflections with us. Um, and thank you to the rest of, of you as well, those listening in uh, and for joining us uh, to ask whether or, or perhaps how we should preach politics in the pulpit this week. If you've enjoyed this episode of Politics in the Pulpit, please do leave a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this episode uh, with your friends leaving reviews really does help uh, get the the podcast noticed and, and and allow other people to find it as well we've uh, online spaces for further engagement and discussion about faith and politics on twitter or x or whatever it is we're supposed to call it now uh, at politics underscore pulpit uh, sorry pul pulpit at let's start again on twitter x at pulpit underscore politics or using hashtag politics in the pulpit we also have facebook group which you can access through the joint public issues team's facebook page and the website jpit.uk that's jpit.uk i'm so grateful terry for you uh, just highlighting that word of 
precariousness to think about our own precariousness uh, but also those uh, around us in, in in the wider world and indeed the precariousness of the nature of creation uh, at this time to reflect on these readings and to and to contemplate in the presence of our precarious nature the faithfulness and the goodness and the generosity uh, of God and to be able to try and see that in the context of our precariousness is such a deep challenge to us and to the congregations uh, that we that we serve and the communities we serve so bless you thank you so much for being a part of that thank you let's uh, go into both our politics and our pulpits with this blessing then as we leave may you be anointed with god's spirit as you bring good news to the poor and proclaim release to the captives and help people to see the world truthfully and let the oppressed go free amen amen